welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast downer bro this week. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. All right, Ryan is a healthy scratch this week, but he is arguably the worst bro. I think you would agree, Trey. I don't even think there's an arguably. It's a fact. Okay, well then, uh, I think the two of us have this handled. Let's get to part three of our bowl previews, and we'll start with the Duke's Mayo Bowl, North Carolina, minus nine and a half against South Carolina. I am hoping to see a lot of mayo. I think there will be. I, the The best part about this game is Mac Brown and Shane Beamer. They agreed that the the winning coach will get doused with with mayo. So be, <laughs> the, the gifts be. the gifts on that are going to be great. Oh yeah, It'll be fun to watch. Whoever it is, I think it might be more fun to see Mac Brown get doused. But whatever. Yeah, I agree. Either way, um, as far as the game, it looks like Sam Howell's a go. Uh, honestly, maybe not a bad idea. Uh, for him as a good bowl game could help elevate his draft stock a bit more and last year he had a bunch of his teammates opt out of the orange bowl so it's kind of cool uh to see him not do the same to his teammates this year but uh but both these teams they they come into the game losing to their in-state rivals north carolina obviously lost in gut-wrenching fashion to nc state and when you look at south carolina overall this season they they overachieved to be in a bowl game i feel like they're a little bit more excited to to be here than North Carolina is. Remember the Tar Heels, they were a preseason top 10 team, had a little bit much loftier expectations than, uh, no offense, to the Dukes-Mayo Bowl. Um, so I'm going to take the points with the, the Gamecocks. The Heels, they don't have a great run defense. South Carolina has had success running the ball this year. Um, and I think Hal will get his yards on the South Carolina defense. But overall, I think the Gamecocks will cover the nine and a half. Okay, I'm going to go the other way. Um, I know South Carolina, they did overachieve, and you're right, they, they probably have the, the motivational edge here. But, you know, I guess they overachieved in terms of, like, the number of wins. But when yeah. I look at the actual quality of the team, I still think they, they weren't very good. I mean, four, you know, four or five of their wins were uh, against pretty bad opponents. You know, they finished behind Cal and uh, Illinois in SP Plus and FPI. So I, I just think... Uh, North Carolina is the class and now you know without South Carolina's without their leading rushers Aquandre Wright who opted out they're without their best pass rusher in the game so um and quarterback situation of course not great Spencer Rattler is not there yet so um I think Sam Howell and Ty Chandler will have success on the ground and get the win and cover that's fair all right moving on to the trans perfect music city bowl Tennessee is favored six over Purdue. I am going to go. Well, I love the way Tennessee ha- has played all year with Hendon Hooker at quarterback. 26 touchdowns, three picks, almost 10 yards per pass attempt, plus over 500 rushing yards. So he has been great. Uh, and with, you know, even with Purdue at full strength, I think I might like Tennessee at, at this number. But Purdue has some really good players out there. Top two receivers. David Bell and Milton Wright, that is huge for an offense, which heavily leans on the pass, uh, especially David Bell, obviously, who was uh, a Bolitnikoff finalist. And they're also out there starting left tackle. And on defense, George Karloftis, you know, a, a, their their best defender is out. So that means less pressure on Hooker. I like Tennessee. All right. I, 
I'm actually going to go the other way. Um, I just, I, I totally agree. Hendon Hooker, unbelievable. It's a great quarterback matchup because Aiden O'Connell, the last five weeks of the season, 76% completion rate, 16 touchdowns, no picks. And that includes included games against two top five teams uh, at the time. So I know that Purdue has their opt-outs, uh, like you mentioned. Uh, I'm going to side with Brahms boys, though. I just that Purdue's four losses that they had this year all had a common theme of, of teams with good defenses, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Ohio State. I just don't think Tennessee is, is as strong. So I'm going to think say they overcome the, the personnel losses. Okay, moving on to the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. We've got Michigan State against Pitts. Uh, Spartans are favored two and a half. And this game, of course, lost a, a lot of luster when Kenny Pickett and Kenneth Walker opted out. And so when looking at this game, if, and I know it's a big if, Nick Patty, uh, Pickett's replacement, can can fill his void, he's got a favorable matchup because he's throwing to Bolitnikoff winner Jordan Addison against Michigan State's weakest part of their their team is their secondary. Uh, so, you know, if Pickett was in, I'd be on, on pit here. Uh, and they were a small favorite before his decision to opt out. So, um, but the challenge here is that losing Pickett and even the offensive coordinator, Mark Whipple to me is more, more valuable than just losing Kenneth Walker running back. So I'm, I, uh, and Pitt's also going to be without a, a corner. Damari Mathis opted out and on Michigan state side, Jalen Naylor looks like he'll be potentially back with, with Reed on the other side. So I think Peyton Thorne can do enough and, and pull out the win. I agree with you. I'm I'm going with Michigan State. Uh, just with the you, know, you mentioned, of course, Kenny Pickett being gone, and and the offensive coordinator Mark Whipple for Pitt, but also Taysier Mack uh, opted out as well. So I just I just don't know if I can. I, I know that's Michigan State's weakness in there uh, against the pass, but I don't know if, if Pitt is equipped to to take advantage of it right now. Um, so I just trust Michigan State more. Getting back, you know, Naylor healthy. I, I agree with you that Peyton Thorne should have a should have a big game. Yep. All right. Moving on to the SRS distribution Las Vegas Bowl. Wisconsin is favored six over Arizona State. It's going to be a lot of drinking uh, between these two fan bases in Vegas. <laughs> oh, two, yeah, that's Two right. of the biggest party schools. But as far as the game, uh, ASU's top two running backs are out. One of them opted out. One's in the portal. Three really good starters on defense opted out. Two corners and a linebacker. So they're, they're shorthanded a bit. But I still like them to cover here. Uh, Wisconsin has a bad offense. They're extremely run heavy, of course, with Graham Mertz, you know, most of the year struggling. And ASU was first in the Pac-12 in success rate against the run. So I think they can keep it a a low scoring kind of ugly game and get the cover. All right. I'm going to go the other way. I I like the Badgers here. Uh, You know, you touched on ASU's personnel losses. But I also think ASU's eight and four record is a little bit misleading. They beat up on the bad teams and and lost to their quality opponents. I think the Badgers are are more battle tested. Seem like the team also in this one a little bit more motivated to win. Paul Christ has done a pretty good job with the Badgers in bowl games, and uh, I, I just feel like they could really slow down Jaden Daniels, who didn't have an efficient year compared to his years prior. And I think that. Overall, Wisconsin just has too much, and the ground game will will bust open in the fourth quarter. Okay, that does it for the December 30th games. A lot of disagreements there, which is good. Uh, Friday, December 31st, New Year's Eve. Oh, by the way, in this episode, we are going to only cover the uh, non-playoff games. So if you, if you want those playoff games, we're going to have separate episodes on our feed. They'll also be on YouTube. 
Um, so be on the lookout for those if they're not out already. Uh, but anyway, Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Wake Forest is favored 14 and a half, not against Texas A&M. They, they had to uh, um, opt out of this game because of, of COVID and Rutgers as the five and seven, the team with the best APR uh, of the five and seven teams. They get to replace them on short notice. So what do you think here, Trey? And they, Rutgers has, they have nothing to lose here. Uh, they're kind of playing with house money, but, and Shiano, he's, been, he's been playing it very close to the vest in, in regards to who will be available, uh, has yet to release any info on, on COVID tests or opt outs or signed agents or what, what have you. But, uh, when you look at records, they finished two and seven, uh, at the end of the year. And, and I have to think like they had guys like Melton at wideout and a couple other players mentioned that they weren't, uh, they already had pro intention. So I'm kind of assuming that they're not going to be playing and I'd love to take Rutgers just because I don't know how motivated wake would be to play the, this team now, especially compared to Texas A&M, but at least they've been practicing in football shape the last few weeks. Rutgers has been kind of scrambling. I think wakes offense can, can, can strut their stuff. Clawson's too good of a coach. They'll want to finish their record year and, and get win number 11. Sam Hartman, he's efficient. Don't don't see much issue up against Rutgers defense and that secondary. Yeah, and as we record this for for Wake, the only opt out is Jaquari Roberson um, at receiver, and you know they've that's a big loss. But Wake just seems to you know poop out great receivers every year, so they're <laughs> they're, they're okay. I mean, At Perry came out of nowhere this year, so um, I, I still trust that offense. So FPI and SP Plus have this game right around wake minus 12 so at least in relation to those metrics the point spread is a little bit bigger uh maybe accounting for for the short notice to rutgers but i just don't know if that's enough like like you said like wake has been practicing for the last you know several weeks whereas rutgers they played their last game november 27th and they they got blown out by maryland and they didn't return to practice till this sunday like i i just I'm not sure we've seen a situation like this before, but I just have to think it's worth a lot. Um, so yeah. with all that uncertainty, I've, I'm, I'm taking Wake Forest as well. All right, we're 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 in agreement there. So now we're moving on to the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Washington State is favored seven against another new opponent, Central Michigan. Yeah, so Miami had to withdraw from this game because of COVID issues, and Central Michigan was slated to play Boise State in the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl, but Boise State had to withdraw uh, for the same reason. So Central Michigan just decided to kind of upgrade their payout and same day, same state, uh, just move on over to the Sun Bowl with, yeah, like I said, a bigger, bigger paycheck. So anyway, I uh, I really like the way Wazoo played the second half of the year. They, they didn't seem to skip a beat when they uh, went to the interim Jake Dickert. I like Jaden Delora at quarterback. But their, their star running back, Max Borgie, opted out of this game. And on the other side, uh, Lou Nichols, their leading rusher, not not just for Central Michigan, leading rusher in the nation, uh, is, I think, going to have a big game because Wazoo's defense wasn't very good against the run. So I think the the success that he can have will will keep them in this and, and get the cover. Yeah, the, and the, the Chippewas, they lead or they led the MAC in rush defense, did a great job at, at generating a pass rush. So that could help offset some of the the talent differential that's going to take place in this game i mean wazoo is the clear better team but i think central michigan is they're more excited to play in this game now like wazoo was probably geared up ready to play against miami a big time opponent 
and I'm in agreement with you on Lou Nichols. Uh, they also have Pimpleton. I think they're going to get some offense and and cover the touchdown spread. Okay. The, the The next game was supposed to be the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl, but of course that had to be canceled. So let's get to New Year's Day. Happy New Year, yeah, everyone. New we made it. 2022. It's our year. Uh, so moving. <laughs> oh god i thought i thought 2021 was gonna be our year but yeah anyway we we all did and here we are the outback bowl penn state versus arkansas arkansas is favored one yeah so again we we seems like we got to start with opt-outs with a, a lot of these games penn state's top two tacklers opted out on defense plus their star safety jaquan brisker and uh, Jahan Dotson on offense, their, of course, best receiver is out. Arkansas is going to be without their leading receiver, Traylon Burks, and their best pass rusher, Trey Williams. So overall, I'd say slight advantage to Arkansas in the opt-out department. And I just with, with both teams missing their dominant receivers, like these are two of the most important receivers to their teams uh, anywhere in the country. I think Arkansas is a little bit better equipped to handle that loss because they have a pretty good running game. Uh, so I'll go with KJ Jefferson and the Hogs to get the win and cover. Yeah, and I I welcome anyone to preview some of these bowl games with all these opt outs and COVID issues. It's and coaching changes. It is just an impossible task. Yeah, but we're experts, Michael, and we have the we foresight. Are. Yeah, to, Penn State. To do this. You know, without Brent Pry, I didn't mention that their co defensive yeah, coordinator, he, but they were able to hang on to the uh, the other one who was rumored to go to virginia but that ended up not happening his name is escaping me so i guess i'm not an expert <laughs> but <laughs> no all good um but i you know i do think i'm going with uh with arkansas i think they're a little bit more motivated here having that dual threat of kj jefferson and the interchangeable rushing attack i think they'll be able to take advantage of the missing middle now of the the penn state defense i mean franklin he should be motivated as ever to get the nittany lions in contention could use the outback bowl as a springboard but i just think arkansas overall would love to to cap off a, a good new year's bowl win which they haven't played in one since 2012 really so big game for the hogs all right, moving on to the Verbo Citrus Bowl, Iowa against Kentucky. The Wildcats are favored by three. I was actually surprised. This is the first time these teams are ever going to meet. Hmm. don't see that much nowadays. Uh, but little housekeeping, Kentucky, they're going to be without its second and third leading receivers as they were involved in a car accident. And Iowa's running back Tyler Goodson opted out. Um, but for me, the the matchup to watch, as usual, against Iowa is their secondary versus Will Levis, the Kentucky's quarterback. Because the Hawkeyes, they lead the nation in interceptions 24. Levis threw 12 of his own, so he's definitely going to have to take care of the ball. But but I've watched the Hawkeyes in their past few games, and I just I really don't love what I see. They've been somewhat fortunate to beat some inferior foes. And the offense has been really bad, even with pretty pretty good offensive line play. Uh, Stoops for Kentucky, he's won three straight bowl games. I don't see how Iowa could keep up with Chris Rodriguez, Wandale Robinson, another weapon. And they, they're playing with some some confidence after they, they've lit up some defenses the past month of the season. So I'm going to take Big Blue Nation. Yeah, a lot of, lot of po- positive vibes around Kentucky, too, with their uh, recruiting class that they're going to be bringing in. We'll get to recruiting in the offseason, but... Uh, anyway, I like Kentucky as well. Iowa, I, it's just hard to bet on that offense, even full strength. But without Tyler Goodson, like, oof, that, yeah. that's that is a, a rough side of the ball. 
Uh, obviously, Kentucky, I still think, even though Levis has had some turnover issues, I think they've got a big edge at quarterback. And they've got the two best skill players in the game, Chris Rodriguez and you mentioned Wondell Robinson as well. So we are in agreement. No doubt. All right. Moving on to the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. Notre Dame is favored two against Oklahoma State. This will be Marcus Freeman's first game as as head coach for Notre Dame, of course, and starts out with a big loss. Uh, the, the, the Irish are without running back Kyron Williams. That is huge. He was by far their leading rusher and second on the team in receptions, um, whereas Oklahoma State remains pretty intact, at least as we record this right now. Uh, their defensive coordinator, Jim Knowles, is, is going to take the Ohio State uh, defensive coordinator role, but he is staying on to coach in this bowl game. So I think that's big. He's one of the best coordinators in the country. I think they'll have a lot of success uh, against the Notre Dame offense. This is a really, really good defense. And offensively, they might be getting Jalen Warren back at running back. He's, uh, I think, supposed to be healthy. And that's that's a big addition because they, they might have won the pa- the or the Pac-12. They wouldn't have won the Pac-12. They would have won the Big 12 no. championship, I think, if they had a healthy Warren in that game. So yeah, give me the Cowboys. Yeah, and the, you mentioned Knowles. The other interesting thing is he's coaching against Notre Dame here, and then Ohio State, their first game next year is against Notre Dame. So yeah, two games in a row for Knowles. He's scheming the Irish. But uh, And the biggest question, too, is can Notre Dame finally win a, a big-time bowl game? I'm actually going to say they do. Um, I think the players will really rally behind Marcus Freeman being the new head coach. And I just I, it's hard for me to gauge Oklahoma State's psyche they you know they obviously just lost that heartbreaker to to baylor to for the big 12 title and then obviously potentially a playoff spot and i just think notre dame's defense has really shined the latter part of the year and spencer sanders we know he he's vulnerable to throwing a pick or two uh so i i could see notre dame being able to stymie uh, okie state's offense so i'm going to give the edge to the irish overall they're going to start the freeman era off well get the new year's win and i'm going to make them my lock of the week all right. The Rose Bowl game presented by Capital One Venture X. That is a mouthful. It's Ohio <laughs> State minus four and a half against Utah, Trey. This line has been coming down, obviously, because of Ohio State has had quite a few players decide to opt out recently. Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson at receiver, two of the better receivers in the country. Uh, an offensive tackle, their defensive tackle, Haskell Garrett. So that's a lot of production missing, and and you you going up against a Utah team that's one of the hottest in the country, and Ohio State also they're they're coming in after that Michigan loss. They're they're usually getting ready for the playoffs, so it's a little bit different vibe in in Columbus going into this one. And I, I think Utah is going to try and mimic that Michigan game plan, control both lines of scrimmage, and I think they're capable of doing it. Uh, their defense is very stingy, and they're going to key in on Travion Henderson and force Stroud to kind of beat them with Smith and Jigma and then other talented, but very inexperienced receivers, obviously with the losses that they have there. So I think Utah is going to run at Ohio state like Michigan did. They got guys like Tavion Thomas, TJ Pledger, Micah Bernard, uh, really the key for the Buckeyes. will can they get pressure on cam rising? If he's throwing it well on them, then it could be a long day for, for that Buckeye defense. So I just don't know how Ohio state's going to respond from that, that Michigan loss. Uh, I'm I'm just not overly confident. So I'm going to take the points with one of the best coaches out there, Kyle Whittingham. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I like the the motivational edge for Utah. This is Kyle Whittingham's first Rose Bowl. And there's been rumors throughout the year that 
you know, he could retire at the end of this year. He has, you know, there's been nothing official or, or anything that has been said that that's the case, but just kind of rumor. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, yeah, Utah, I mean, they won six straight games to get to this game, including crushing Oregon twice. I think their fan base is excited. They're going to travel really well to this game and they're just solid team both sides of the ball and they'll be you know more full strength than ohio state i, I think you know haskell garrett being out on that interior d line will uh help that that utah running game indeed all right moving on to the all-state sugar bowl you've got ole miss favored one and a half against the big 12 champ baylor i'm going with lane kiffin i, I like ole miss <laughs> i think matt corral would have had you know of course he had a very efficient year but i think his his numbers would have been uh, much bigger had you know he been healthy the whole season had his receivers been healthy and now with a month off i would imagine that you know he himself is is more full strength braylon sanders jonathan mingo the whole crew of receivers that had been kind of dinged up all year is is going to be as, as healthy as healthy as they've been so i'm not sure baylor's going to keep up with this offense especially because we're not totally sure if gary bohannon is is quite 100 percent with that hamstring injury at quarterback he's supposed to be you know they say he's full strength but you never know till till you get to the game and it's a little worrisome too because blake shapen who won the big 12 title game is is out this game with an with an injury so they're they're oh, all in on, i didn't even on see that Bo- wow yeah he he got yeah so it's it's all on they say bohannon he's ready to go but like you said like will he be 100 percent? we we don't know I'm going with the assumption that Bohannon is a full goal, and I'm going to back Baylor. Uh, Ole Miss, their defense is is improved this year, but they still aren't stellar against the run, with which is obviously a strength of of the Bears. Abram Smith averaged 6.2 yards per carry. They also have Tristan Ebner, along with Bohannon, if he's full strength. And Aranda's defense, they have four guys with four or more sacks. They're going to be coming after Corral. It's not going to be easy for them because Ole Miss has that that great rush offense, but I think Baylor's a bit more balanced and will get the win. Okay. Moving on to January 4th. It is the Tax Act Texas Bowl, LSU against Kansas State. By the way, it's just so funny that this game is be- being played like kind of all by itself I know. in between the, the playoff. But so weird. Anyway, uh, yeah. Tax Act Texas Bowl, LSU K State, K State's favorite three and a half. Did I already say that? The point spread there? You did not. Okay. But- noted if you did it's it's there again <laughs> there's repeating so i have to, yeah i have to to back the wildcats here i we just don't know what to expect out of lsu given their makeshift team after the coaching transition opt-outs transfers lsu's offense they they picked it up a bit uh later in the year but they still finished 84th in in scoring offense with a very putrid running game and i don't see it coming to life especially with garrett nesmeyer's probably his potential first start at quarterback or a walk-on at quarterback either way it's not uh not ideal going into this one especially against a guy like felix and yudike yuzuma I, I think i said that right yeah, i have I no idea if you did or not i i did i looked it up earlier and i was just sounding it uh, out okay uh, but but he he's a freak he had 11 sacks 14 and a half tackles for loss four six fumbles and I think Skylar Thompson is going to end up capping off a good career. They're going to generate too much uh, offense along with Deuce Vaughn for LSU to be able to match. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I like uh, Kansas State here. Uh, just you mentioned all the all the transition for LSU. They're down to 51 scholarship players because of all the transfers, opt outs, injuries. There could be more opt outs in the coming days. Uh, you know, after we record this, 
And most importantly, it's that quarterback situation. Um, of course, yeah, Max Johnson transferred. Miles Brennan's been hurt all year. So Nussmeyer, there, if he plays one more game, as of right now, he'll lose his red shirt. So they have applied for a waiver. It has. We haven't heard about it yet, but I, I kind of assuming that it doesn't get granted. If if it doesn't, then they are in a world of trouble. They're either going to have to start a walk on or a receiver. There's talk of them starting just starting a receiver who used to be a quarterback <laughs> in high school. So um, I feel like taking a a free roll on that. Where if that's the case, if they really are down to to that at quarterback, then. I really don't mind laying three and a half, especially with you mentioned Skylar Thompson coming back from injury for Kansas State. There's just so much more continuity. And and when you look at the full season, like even if both these teams are, are kind of full strength, which LSU is not, their resumes are, are pretty similar. It's not like uh, LSU was was much better right. than, than K-State this year. So, yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Wildcats and I'm going to make it my lock. All right, that'll do it for this this slate of of bowl previews. Um, let's let's get to some some takeaways from the bowl games that have been played uh, since we last spoke with the audience here. Trey, what do you got? So Air Force beat Louisville thirty one twenty eight in the first responder bowl, but they won ironically because of Air Force's passing game, which is just kind of shocking. <laughs> Hazik Daniels, he was historically great. He was 9 of 10 for 252 yards. They didn't even attempt a pass in their in their last game, and now now this. But get this, Mike. The 25.2 yards per pass, mm-hmm. it's a bull record, and it broke USC, which had a 21.7 yard per pass attempt in the 1930 Rose Bowl. Wow, that's crazy. So it was crazy. a 90-year record. <laughs> that is nuts. Man. Um, okay, that's a good one. Uh, speaking of records, Bailey Zappi broke the record for passing yards in a season. He reached 5,967 yards. Man, couldn't have gotten him to 6,000. But anyway, <laughs> and he also broke uh, Joe Burrow's touchdown record uh, for a season, 62. And, you know, Western Kentucky lit up App State 59-38. Yeah, I'm, I guess I'm sticking with the Service Academy theme. Army beat Mizzou in probably the most exciting game so far uh missouri they they took the lead late with their backup quarterback brady cook and usually they they scored with just over a minute left and usually that's a death sentence for army given they're not built to get down the field quickly but their jabari laws their backup quarterback came in and made a couple good throws and they got into field goal range and they drilled a 43 yard field goal at the horn to win all right uh utah state upset oregon state to get to 11 and 3 on the season and that's after going 1 and 5 last year before hiring Blake Anderson. So that uh that 10 win jump is so I think it, it ties Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh this year for Michigan has you know they won one two games last year and now they're at 12. I know there's an asterisk of course cuz last year yeah. was a covid shortened season, but if you ignore that, those are the biggest win jumps in college football history i think i'm right on that uh i did but it's just kind of off of memory and yeah guts but i I think that is the case either way it's impressive yeah um ucf beat florida 29 17 in the gasparilla bowl so they got their first win over one of florida's big three schools and ryan o'keefe had one of the best bowl performances 251 all-purpose yards and it was a a chippy game of course with those in-state uh players and boiled over a little bit afterwards in the handshake line but 
Malzahn got a, a good win to cap off the, the year. Yeah, it's a nice win for for recruiting, I'm sure. I mean, UCF fans, they've they've wanted to to play Florida all the time and mm-hmm. got their chance. Um well as we record this, uh Texas Tech just put it to Mississippi <laughs> State and Mike Leach, which uh, you know, they were just dominant on the ground, just completely dominated the game. It would have been more surprising. The score is very surprising given that Mississippi State was, I think, like an eight and a half point favorite. But we found out like pretty much at kickoff that uh, Mississippi State was without a a lot of key players. They had, you know, a lot of the defense missing. So that obviously played a factor. Yep. SEC 0-4 now in bowl games. Ouch. Internet's having fun with that. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, Any more? Uh, No. That's all I got for now. Yeah. Okay. Well, and obviously there's been so many uh, bowl games affected by COVID, so it's been a little bit of a a bummer of, of a bowl season to some extent. But hopefully these upcoming New Year's Six Bowls and uh, playoff games make up for it. So thank you for listening to the College Football Bros. Again, check out our YouTube feed for those playoff previews. Uh, tweet at Ryan, uh, at Ryan F. Newman 1, and tell him, just say like we really didn't miss you that much like wow this is or just say this was one of the best weeks of episodes we've (laughs) ever had just please do that i would enjoy that very much i'm sure he would too and if we don't talk to you have a happy new year and uh we'll see you next year (laughs) oh man (laughs) bye (laughs) you've been listening to the college football bros if you have any questions for the next podcast email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.